All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Q&A with pharmacist Ben Fuchs and myself, Becca Dukes. And welcome, Ben. How are you today? Good. Thank you. Good to see everybody. Yeah, we have a full house so far already. So I'm so excited whenever we're ready to open the door and have so many people waiting. And folks, you can still share this meeting with other people. So if you're on live with us, you can go to the participants and then click on invite and then copy and paste that invite and send it to your loved ones, your family, your team, whoever it is. If you are watching our live stream, which I am so excited, we got that all set, audio, everything. Share this video with somebody. So we have these in public platforms so that you can just share it, copy and paste it from the URL or just share within the um, platform that you're watching on because the information that you're gonna be hearing today is something that you're probably not gonna hear in very many places. And the best part about it is it's empowering. It allows you to be your own health authority. And as the trainer and a certified holistic health coach with the Institute of Holistic Health, it is my honor to be able to bring this resource to everybody and allow them to be able to just really focus on themselves. So as we go through each day, what we put into our mouths, what we put on our skin, what we have in our environments affects the way our health responds. And I think we are so blessed to be able to have a skin expert here, a pharmacist, not just a skin expert, but he's a pharmacist. He is very deep into nutrition. And today we're going to be talking about the hormone estrogen. So pharmacist Benjamin Fuchs, welcome to Q&A with pharmacist Ben and Becca. Thank you for having me. Thank you for everybody for joining. We have a bunch of people. This is the biggest one we've had, I think, right? Um, oh no. No, oh, no. bigger. We've had, we've had probably three times this amount. So, far. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, estrogen is well, one of my favorite subjects to talk about. You know, I'm the skin. Before you get, so before you get started, Ben, I just want to remind everybody that if you were invited to this program by somebody, make sure that you get back with them and thank them. If there's something that's interesting to you and you want to find more information about it, or if there's any recommendations that are made that you want to get a hold of, make sure you get back with the person that invited you. If there's nobody to thank, feel free to go to dailywithdoc.com and you will find the replay of this program and our other programs that we host and also a store that has the products that we will be talking about. So pharmacist Ben, go ahead and take it away. All right, um, estrogen is one of my favorite subjects to talk about. Number one, I'm in the skin business and I deal with a lot of ladies and estrogen has a reputation for being a female hormone. The word estrogen comes from estrus, meaning um, sexual receptivity. Estrogen supports libido or supports uh, fertility. Um, it's associated with femininity. It got 
really got going as a uh, as a meme or as a as a pharmaceutical strategy for helping women deal with uh, female health issues when a book was written in the early 1960s by a doctor uh, who promoted estrogen as a youth enhancing substance. He wrote a book called, this guy named Robert Wilson. He wrote the book in the, uh, 1965 or 1966. It was called Feminine Forever. And his, uh, his thesis of the book was that by supplementing menopausal or, or even premenopausal women with estrogen, artificial estrogen, uh, pharmaceutical estrogen, they could maintain their femininity and their sexuality and their womanliness. Uh, and it got going as a, a pharmaceutical strategy in the middle 1960s and early 1970s until somewhere around the late 1970s, early 1980s, they realized that women who were taking estrogen were getting cancer. So uh, estrogen started to get um, started to get a reputation for being a uh, cancer-causing compound. And doctors were recommending that people either didn't take estrogen or they use progesterone with estrogen. Nonetheless, estrogen still maintained its popularity. Uh, and all through the 1990s, up until the middle 1990s, it was one of the estrogen replacement drugs, specifically a drug called Premarin, was uh, uh, every year considered was uh, in the top 10 best-selling pres best-selling prescription medicines. These days, uh, people are a little bit more suspicious of estrogen, and now estrogen, when it's used pharmaceutically, is used more often than not as a cream to uh, allow the estrogen to be delivered into the system in a much slower, sustained release fashion. Uh, so while estrogen has a reputation for being um, a youth-enhancing or femininity-enhancing hormone, it's recognized more and more that estrogen has a dark side, a downside. Estrogen uh, has a, a fat-promoting uh, property. It increases weight gain. It's associated with depression. It has thyroid suppressing properties. It's linked to a loss of zinc. It increases blood clotting. And on the skin, it's associated with hyperpigmentation issues or uh, so-called melasma. It's also anti-libido. Uh, and it, it's, um, it's kind of it, people who know estrogen and know hormones are very suspicious of it. Although in the mainstream, a lot of physicians are still, uh, still prescribing it as a hormone replacement therapy in a cream form. The real problem with estrogen is in its potency. When I was compounding estrogen products in my pharmacy, we had to be very, very, very careful with, uh, with the concentrations that we used. If we were off by even a milligram, which is a very small amount, you could induce toxicity or side effects. So estrogen is super potent. And because it's potent, the body has to eliminate it quickly. The real problem with estrogen is when it's not eliminated as quickly as it should be. Estrogen is processed in the liver in two steps. The first step makes estrogen water soluble and the second step um, eliminates the estrogen. If the first step in estrogen, in estrogen detoxification is not, or the second step is not proceeding as it should, the first step accumulates and that first step in estrogen breakdown is creates a very, very toxic form of estrogen called a catechol estrogen. And these catechol estrogens are really the bad guys when it comes to estrogen toxicity. Estrogen is really potent, has to be broken down quickly. If it's not broken down effectively, uh, the catechol estrogen levels build up and that's really where estrogen toxicity uh, kicks in. And that's why working on the liver to support uh, estrogen detoxification. So the first step in the estrogen in detoxification proceeds to the second step is real important. We'll talk about that, that here in a minute.
hope that makes sense. That's, I hope that's not too confusing. Estrogen is broken down in two steps. The first step of estrogen breakdown is creates a very, very toxic form of estrogen. If the liver is working effectively, the second step in estrogen detoxification uh, eliminates the toxicity of estrogen. But if the liver is not working like it should, that first step, uh, the byproduct of the first step accumulates and that's where estrogen toxicity becomes really, really problematic. There's three main forms of estrogen, although there's lots of different estrogens, including these breakdown forms, these metabolites of estrogen. But the three main forms are estrone, estradiol, and estriol. Estradiol is the big guy, and that's the one that you'll see in most supplements. Uh, although these days they have uh, cream supplements called biest, meaning two estrogens, and triest, meaning all three estrogens because doctors are recognizing that it's the balance of these three estrogens that's very important. So you don't ever want to supplement with just estradiol, although there are prescription drugs that are just estradiol. Estradiol is also, uh, for pharmaceutical forms of estradiol are also used in birth control pills. Estrogen is always made in the body. This is really important. A lot of people are, are under the misconception that estrogen uh, levels, uh, estrogen, the body stops making estrogen after menopause. That's not true you're making estrogen your whole life because estrogen is made in fat cells. And the more body fat you're carrying, the more estrogen you're going to make. And because estrogen is a growth substance and because catecholestrogens, these toxic forms of estrogens that, are so, that build up in association with liver problems uh, can be so problematic, especially when it comes to growth and division. And of course, growth and division are associated with inflammation, growth and division are associated with clotting and clogs and growth and division in excess are associated with cancer. Um, estrogen, uh, estradiol, estrogen uh, levels that increase because of excess body fat raise the risks of heart disease, strokes, as well as cancers. Deficiencies in estrogen, on the other hand, as well as what are called xenoestrogens, we can, which can mimic deficiencies in estrogen are associated with kidney disease, um, insulin problems, blood sugar issues, diabetes, uh, as well as weight gain. Xenoestrogens, xeno means foreign, and xenoestrogens are molecules that are found in nature as well as found in, uh, as pharmaceuticals that act like estrogen but are not broken down effectively. They're, they trick the body essentially into, uh, into activating estrogen chemistry, but because they're fake or they're foreign, they don't get broken down as quickly. Remember, estrogen is very potent. It has to get broken down. And if it's not broken down as quickly, estrogenic diseases like cancer, like heart disease, and like uh, weight, uh, weight gain or, or obesity and other side effects of estrogen can accumulate. So these xenoestrogens, which are mostly uh, drug estrogens like hormone replacement therapy or birth control pill estrogen, as well as what are called phytoestrogens, which are estrogens that are found in the plant kingdom, as well as many chemicals like sunscreen chemicals, for example, like preservatives in cosmetics and in foods. Certain antioxidants that are found in foods can act like xenoestrogens and they can throw off the estrogen system too. So estrogen is very, very powerful. It's a very, very powerful hormone. By the way, estrogen, like all the steroid hormones, is derived from cholesterol. So uh, cholesterol lowering strategy, uh, pharmaceutical strategies can have a negative effect on your female hormones, specifically on estrogen. That's just as an aside. All the steroid hormones uh, can be affected negatively by cholesterol-lowering drugs like statin drugs. Um, 
so phytoestrogens and xeno, uh, phytoestrogens and drug estrogens and uh, chemicals that act like estrogens are the main sources of xenoestrogens because estrogens have to be cleared out quickly from the body because of its toxicity. All these types of fake estrogen can increase the risk of uh, negative effects associated with estrogen. I should also say that phytoestrogens, some people believe that plant estrogens that are found in soy and legumes can actually have a protective effect against estrogen by preventing estrogen from having its full activity. Phytoestrogens have what they say, what they call a weak estrogen activity. And this weak estrogen activity is thought anyway by some people to have a protective effect against strong estrogen activity. And so sometimes you'll see soy, uh, specifically some of the flavonoids and so a couple of flavonoids in soy called uh, diazidin and genistin used as anti-estrogenic strategies or anti-estrogenic supplements. On the other hand, and nobody really knows the answer to this, on the other hand, these weak, estrogen, these weak estrogens do act like estrogen, so they may compound or they may increase estrogen side effects or estrogen toxicity. Uh, the most important, probably the most important xenoestrogens, however, are going to be drug estrogens, especially birth control pills. Birth control pills work by tricking the body into thinking it's pregnant. Estrogen is a pregnancy hormone. It makes a baby grow. That's, that's its main role in the body is to make a baby grow. When estrogen levels go up, the body thinks it's pregnant. Uh, if they go up naturally because you're pregnant, that's a good thing because you don't want to get pregnant twice. So estrogen acts like a, an anti-conception, uh, an anti-conception substance because the body doesn't want to get pregnant twice. So if estrogen levels are up, the body thinks it's pregnant. It won't make you pregnant again. This is the mechanism of action of the birth control pill. The birth control pill is a high level of estrogen. It raises estrogen significantly, tricking the body into thinking it's already pregnant, so it can't get pregnant again. The problem is, is that the birth control pills are made with a very, very, very potent form of estrogen in a very, very, very high concentration. That's what's required to suppress conception, to keep the body from getting pregnant. And if you understand, after we just talked for the last 15, 20 minutes about the potential toxicity associated with estrogen, you can see why the birth control pill can be very problematic. In fact, I don't suggest anybody ever be on the birth control pill because it is such a high level of not just estrogen, but fake estrogen that's very difficult for the body to, uh, to break down. Uh, let's see what else I wanna tell you here. Uh, in men, estrogen can be a problem. Estrogen uh, can cause what I call the Santa Claus effect. The Santa Claus effect is where men go from being very manly to very feminine as they get older. Men start to gain weight as they get older. Weight gain is associated with estrogen. Men lose their sexual drive as they get older. Uh, they suffer from erectile dysfunction as they, can, as they get older. Both of these issues are associated with uh, excess estrogen, fatigue, depression, loss of muscle, heart issues, inflammation. Uh, all of these can be associated with excess estrogen in men. So estrogen and prostate issues also, by the way, can be associated with excess estrogen in men. Interestingly, uh, estrogen has a pro-inflammatory immune activating effect. And a lot of immune issues, specifically autoimmune issues, can be caused by excess estrogen or excess catechol estrogen. Interestingly, nine out of 10 uh, 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 patient, autoimmune patients, or eight out of 10 autoimmune patients are women. Eight or nine out of 10 fibromyalgia patients are women. 
when uh, estrogen is also associated with depression and most depressive patients are women. Estrogen is also associated with thyroid issues and most hypothyroid patients are women. So estrogen, elevated estrogen is responsible for a lot of health issues, health challenges that are linked to women or that are associated with women. Uh, that's why clearing estrogen and protecting the body from estrogen is an incredibly important anti-disease, anti-inflammatory health promoting strategy. And there's lots of ways to do it. So even though when we think about estrogen as a culture, we think about uh, supporting estrogen or using estrogen pharmaceutically to raise estrogen levels, as it turns out, supporting estrogen clearance and supporting estrogen detoxification is an extremely important health strategy, particularly for women who are dealing with endometriosis, women who are dealing with menstrual problems, women who are dealing with PCOS issues, women who are dealing with fibromyalgia, men who are dealing with prostate issues, anyone who's dealing with weight gain issues wants to think about supporting estrogen clearance. And estrogen clearance can be supported in a lot of different ways. Number one, estrogen is processed in the liver. We know 100 million Americans or so suffer from fatty liver disease. So working on the liver becomes really, really important for anyone as they get older, just because the liver does so many different things, but especially if you're dealing with an estrogenic health issue. There's lots of ways to support liver health, but probably the most important is to control your blood sugar. Liver disease, fatty liver disease is associated with what's called metabolic syndrome. Metabolic syndrome is a blood sugar issue. So working on your blood sugar, stabilizing your blood sugar is a very important strategy for helping the liver process estrogen. There's also supplements that you can take for the liver. One of the most important is called calcium deglucurate. And calcium deglucurate is a must have for anybody who's dealing with liver issues, uh, fatty liver disease, or anyone who's dealing with an estrogenic health issue, including, as I said before, a weight gain, endometriosis, fibromyalgia, depression, hypothyroidism, there's a whole bunch of them, activated immunity or any autoimmune disease, work on uh, supporting the liver's ability to detoxify estrogen, calcium deglucrate is a great supplement for doing that, and stabilizing or reducing blood sugar can also be helpful. Um, one of the all-time great hormone supplements, especially for balancing out estrogen is progesterone. Progesterone is the anti-estrogen, or maybe I should say it a little more, uh, a little more accurately, it balances out estrogen. The body has all of these balancing hormones. For example, insulin, which supports the, uh, the uh, uh, absorption of sugar into cells, is balanced out by glucagon, which supports the release of sugar from cells. Progesterone balances out all of the excess, all of the effects of excess estrogen. Estrogen is a anti-libido hormone. Progesterone is a pro-libido hormone. Estrogen is a weight gain hormone. Progesterone is a weight loss hormone. Progest uh, estrogen is a water weight, uh, a water uh, retention hormone. Progesterone is a diuretic. Uh, estrogen is a pro-inflammatory hormone. Es progesterone is an anti-inflammatory hormone. Estrogen is birth control. Progesterone is pro-fertility. Uh, by the way, estrogen's effects are very, uh, very similar to the effects of cortisol or stress hormone and menopausal symptoms read like a laundry list of all of the signs of excess estrogen. 
Ironically, we give estrogen for menopausal symptoms and estrogen can sometimes help because it overloads the toxic, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the symptoms that are associated with toxic estrogen. However, over time, estrogen that's taken as hormone replacement to reduce menopausal symptoms will eventually lead to uh, the, uh, an increase in toxic estrogen, catechol estrogens. And this is why hormone replacement therapy can be associated with some of the effects of catechol estrogens, including cancer. On the other hand, progesterone naturally balances out uh, estrogen and it will naturally reduce the, uh, the, uh, the stimulating effects that, uh, that menopausal women are known to have, things like anxiety, uh, insomnia, irritability, weight gain, all of these are signs of, uh, all hot flashes, of course, uh, all of these are signs of, um, symptoms of menopause, progesterone balances out all of them, and given estrogen's toxic profile, using progesterone to balance out estrogen makes a lot more sense for, uh, uh, for uh, as, a, as a drug or as a treatment for, uh, for dealing with estrogenic symptoms, menopause-related menopause estrogenic symptoms. And also, by the way, because a lot of these symptoms are related to cortisol and hypoglycemia, low blood sugar, uh, keeping your sh blood sugar stable is another very important and helpful strategy for helping women deal with menopausal symptoms. I personally love progesterone because it's completely or, or almost completely non-toxic. You got to take a lot of progesterone to get into toxicity, whereas estrogen has a very, very narrow window between its therapeutic benefits and its toxic, uh, toxic profile. So progesterone has a much less, has much less toxicity. In fact, it's so non-toxic, it's available over the counter and it balances out estrogen, reducing uh, the symptoms associated with excess estrogen, whether those symptoms are associated with menopause or whether they're uh, linked to immune activation or fibromyalgia, endometriosis or breast tenderness or uh, dysmenorrhea problems with the, with the menstrual cycle. Progesterone is a natural way to balance out all of these, all, all of these untoward effects of either excess estrogen or accumulation of toxic estrogen. There's also a hormone or an enzyme called aromatase that's responsible for uh, the creation of estrogen from testosterone and aromatase inhibitors are, uh, can be used to reduce the levels of estrogen. So in addition to working on estrogen clearance at the level of the liver, estrogen detoxification at the le level of the liver and balancing out uh, estrogen with progesterone, you can use aromatase inhibitors to lower your estrogen naturally. And there's a lot of different aromatase inhibitors that are found in, in uh, plants. Natural aromatase inhibitors include flax seeds. Uh, melatonin is a natural aromatase inhibitor. Grapeseed extract is a natural aromatase inhibitor. Oats contain ar aromatase inhibitors. Uh, cruciferous vegetables, artichokes, citrus, especially citrus peels have aromatase inhibitors in them, parsley, pomegranate. There's lots of different natural sources of aromatase inhibitors. Sometimes bodybuilders will use aromatase inhibitors. Interestingly, testosterone is converted into estrogen. So people who are supplementing with testosterone, whether it's men or women or uh, athletes, sometimes athletes will inject testosterone for, uh, for, body build, uh, for muscle building purposes. Uh, they'll have to take aromatase inhibitors with their testosterone to prevent the testosterone from turning into estrogen, which as I say, can be very toxic, especially if it's not broken down quickly. Um, there's also, um, estrogen is also eliminated through the bowels. So it's very, very important 
that you take care of the intestines and that you're, that you're regular when you, uh, you're having regular bowel movements if you're concerned about estrogen buildup. Interestingly, estrogen buildup can cause constipation, which will then increase more estrogen buildup, which will increase more constipation, increasing more estrogen buildup. Estrogen buildup will also suppress the thyroid, which will further suppress intestinal, uh, intestinal movement, intestinal motility. So the real strat, one of the most important strategies for dealing with excess estrogen is to make sure you're using things that support intestinal health and make sure you're having regular bowel movements. We talked earlier about flax seeds as being an aromatase inhibitor. Well, flax seeds are also, flaxseed fiber is also a great way to support intestinal motility. In fact, all fiber is important for mo intestinal motility. People who are on the carnivore diet will sometimes uh, make light of the importance of fiber, but as it turns out, fiber is extremely important for improving bowel movements and also helping eliminate estrogen, among other, among other, uh, among other toxins that are eliminated out of the bowels. But specifically for estrogen, having regular bowel movements is really important. And using things like flaxseed fiber, magnesium, vitamin C, anything that supports uh, intestinal motility. Speaking of the intestine, there is actually a um, complex of bacteria that live in the intestine that are called the estrobolome. Estrobe, E-S-T-R-O-B-O-L-O-M-E. We've only known about the estrobolome for about 20 years or so. The estrobolome are a complex of bacteria that help process estrogen. So if you're not processing estrogen correctly, uh, or I'm sorry, if your intestine is not uh, healthy, you're not gonna process estrogen correctly. Using probiotics can be important. Using fiber can be important. Laying off or staying away from antibiotics. And, and by the way, antibiotics are found in water and in food. So even if you're not taking antibiotics, you can run into intestinal problems. And that can not only cause problems with uh, an increase in toxicity, preventing elimination or slowing down elimination, but it can also uh, cause increased levels in estrogen. So working on intestinal health via improving intestinal motility and improving the health of the microbiome and the estrobolome using probiotic supplements, using fiber supplements. Um, you can also get us, you can also use uh, uh, something called butyric acid, which improves the health of the colon. Anything you do to improve colon health, uh, also, if you have irritable bowel syndrome, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, gluten issues like celiac disease, that can cause issues with um, estrogen buildup because you're not going to be clearing it out of the intestine. So intestinal health via the supporting the estrobolome, supporting the microbiome, the good bacteria, as well as supporting elimination using fiber and, uh, and natural nutritional laxatives like magnesium and vitamin C can also be helpful for lowering estrogen. Then there are nutritional supplements that can help support estrogen. One of the most important, probably the most important nutritional supplement for supporting estrogen are the essential fatty acids, the ultimate EFAs. Anybody who's worried about estrogen, anybody who's got uh, any of the signs or any of the uh, symptoms of estrogen toxicity, autoimmune diseases, endometriosis, breast cancer, any reproductive cancer should be on essential fatty acids, which have an estrogen, a natural estrogen-like effect, and also essential fatty acids, particularly omega-3 essential fatty acids, act as anti-inflammatories. We know that estrogen is pro-inflammatory. Essential fatty acids are also incredibly valuable for the skin, and a lot of people who are taking estrogen are taking it for the skin. In fact, that's one of the main reasons why people supplement with estrogen is for the skin, and essential fatty acids um, help support skin health, dry skin and 
and a thinning skin can be associated and aging skin can be associated with essential fatty acid deficiency. Another reason why people will supplement with estrogen as they get older or, or pharmaceutically use estrogen as they get older is for bone health. And a lot of physicians feel like estrogen is important for the health of the bones. That's because estrogen is a growth substance. It, it turns on the growth of connective tissue, but you don't really want to turn on the growth of connective tissue artificially with drugs or with hormone replacement, given all of the toxicity associated with excess estrogen, using estrogen to build bones doesn't seem like a really smart strategy. On the other hand, there's lots of wonderful nutritional ways that you can build bone. Bone is largely composed of the same kind of protein that makes up the lower levels of the skin, the dermis that keeps us from wrinkling. And that of course is collagen. So using collagen building strategies is a way, way more effective and non-toxic and gentle and natural way to build bone in addition to building collagen in the skin and building collagen in the blood vessels and building, building collagen in the fascia. Uh, so using essential fatty acids is one way to do that. Also, collagen is a protein and taking in more protein is a great way to build collagen. Of course, we have a wonderful product called Fit Shake, which will help you build collagen. Also collagen peptides will help you build collagen. Glucosamine, our glucogel caps will help you build collagen. In fact, the whole pig pack is a great collagen building a nutritional package. And in fact, I don't see why everybody's not on the pig pack. When we think about the pig pack, we think about arthritis. And of course, collagen is important for the joints and, um, or the pig pack is important for the joints It's marketed as an anti-arthritis supplement. But anytime you take an arthritis built, uh, arth anti-arthritis supplement, you are going to be building collagen or supporting the building of collagen everywhere in the body, not just in the joints. You'll be supporting collagen production in the blood vessels, making your uh, circulatory system stronger. You'll be supporting the uh, connective tissue structure that underlines the heart. So you'll be improving heart health and preventing, helping prevent arrhythmias and tachycardias and fibrillations. You'll also be building collagen when you use the pig pack and other arthritis supplements for, uh, uh, you'll be helping build the fascia, which is the connective tissue that supports and, and holds the, uh, maintains the integrity of all the organs inside the body preventing ruptures and hernias and prolapses. And of course, you'll be building collagen in your skin, preventing wrinkles. So any collagen building or anti-arthritis supplement is gonna help you build collagen in the bones, in the skin, in the circulatory system, in the heart, and in the fascia that holds all the organs together. And uh, the pig pack is a great way to build bone that will allow you not to, either to, to reduce the amount of estrogen you're taking or not to take estrogen at all. By the way, progesterone has a real bone building effect uh, and progesterone can also, uh, can also support bone and connective tissue health. Magnesium is another great estrogen supporting supplement. I call magnesium, I, I think of magnesium as a woman's favorite mineral. All women should be on magnesium because we lose, women lose magnesium in their blood once a month. So uh, magnesium uh, deficiency will cause many of the toxicities or the side effects that are associated with problem, uh, problem menstrual cycles. Magnesium deficiencies can cause cramping. Magnesium deficiencies can cause bloating. Magnesium deficiencies can cause uh, muscle pain and, and uh, muscle tenderness. Magnesium deficiencies can cause migraine headaches. So it's very possible that a lot of the problems that are associated with, with uh, bad periods or what they call dysmenorrhea can be simply magnesium deficiencies and magnesium is known to support the estrogen system as is the mineral selenium. Selenium doesn't ever, we don't really give selenium the credit it deserves for helping balance out and strengthen the estrogen system. We think of selenium, we think of the prostate, we think of 
uh, the blood sugar system perhaps, but selenium really is, plays a really important role for helping balance out estrogen. So anybody who's got any of the signs of estrogen toxicity or excess estrogen or who's on hormone replacement therapy should be using the ultimate selenium, maybe 400 to 600 micrograms a day. The body's major cancer fighter, the body's major antioxidant is something called glutathione. Glutathione is unbelievably valuable as an antioxidant, as a uh, heavy metal detoxifier, and also to protect against toxic estrogen. Glutathione is a tri, meaning three, peptide. It's made up of three amino acids. Uh, the most important amino acid is called glutamine. Glutamine is found in whey protein. The fit shake is a great source of glutamine. Uh, glutamine by itself is a very important amino acid for bodybuilding. Bodybuilders will sometimes supplement with glutamine. Uh, the second amino acid is cysteine from the glutathione molecule. And I've been a fan of something called N-acetylcysteine for a long time. We have N-acetylcysteine in a couple of our products. I don't remember offhand which ones. Rebecca, you might be able to help me with that. N-acetylcysteine is a, a great detoxifying supplement on its own, but also because it is uh, a component of the glutathione molecule and it supports the production of glutathione. So if you use cysteine or N-acetylcysteine, you'll not only get the benefits of the N-acetylcysteine for detoxifying estrogen and heavy metals and uh, drugs, but you'll also get the glutathione building properties of N-acetylcysteine, and then you'll get the benefits of glutathione as well. Do you know offhand what has N-acetylcysteine in it, Rebecca? I know Ultra Body Toddy has N-acetylcysteine in it. N-acetylcysteine got a, got a lot of cred for, um, for helping folks deal with COVID back when COVID was going on. In fact, it was so important for helping people deal with COVID that it was actually, they were talking about banning N-acetylcysteine. It still might be banning N-acetylcysteine. Our daily digest pack also has it. Okay, that's good. That's good to know. And then uh, the third amino acid in glut the glutathione molecule is also found in whey protein. It's called glycine. And glycine is really a very interesting amino acid that um, is very underappreciated because it's such a simple, basic amino acid. It's the smallest of the amino acids, but it's really important for not only the glutathione molecule, but it's also important for building connective tissue. So for bone building or for um, for arthritis sufferers or for building collagen and connective tissue in the skin or all the things we just talked about, connective tissue, the glycine molecule not only helps you build glutathione, but it's also important for building connective tissue. And glycine itself is a detoxifying molecule that the liver uses to detox uh, as part of its uh, detoxification chemistry. And then the B vitamins are really important. In fact, everybody who's on HRT or who's on the birth control pill or who wants to support estrogen estrogen in any way should be on the B vitamins, especially folic acid, vitamin B12, um, vitamin B6, and choline. These, amino these uh, B vitamins are important for something called methylation. Methylation is involved in estrogen chemistry and improving methylation is not just a great anti-aging and health strategy, but it's also important for uh, helping the body process estrogen. If you're on HRT, as I say, or if you're on the birth control pill, it becomes really, really important that you use these methylating agents. Another really interesting methylating agent that's uh, been popular, that has been popular uh, in recent years is called SAMe. And it turns out that these methylating agents are also important for mental health issues uh, and also for the production or supporting the production of neurotransmitters of brain chemicals. And in addition to all of that, these methylating agents can help you process estrogen. One of the great methylating agents uh, that's not a B vitamin, 
uh, is something called methionine. Methionine is an amino acid that's found in meat and uh, animal products. The B vitamins, of course, are found in abundant concentration in the Beyond Tangy Tangerine. Beyond Tangy Tangerine, in fact, is such an effective, probably one of the best nutritional supplements. It's not a, it's not a multivitamin, but it's a great nutritional supplement. One of the reasons is it's so effective and so effective quickly is because it contains high concentrations of the B vitamins. B vitamins are your energy vitamins, they're your detoxifying item, uh, vitamins, and uh, they're very important for the production and for the stabilization and the detoxification of hormones. Beyond Tangy Tangerine is a rich source of B vitamins. I personally think that Beyond Tangy Tangerine is the best nutritional supplement, non-multivitamin nutritional supplement you could ever use. It's good, you always wanna be on the mighty 90 essential nutrients, you want everything. The Beyond Tangy Tangerine will get you mostly everything, You'll still need essential fatty acids and a few other things, vitamin D, uh, with your Beyond Tangy Tangerine. But the Beyond Tangy Tangerine taken throughout the day is a spectacular source of all water-soluble nutrients, including electrolytes and, of course, vitamin C and the B vitamins. So if you're dealing, and vitamin C, by the way, is also important for helping detoxify estrogen. So estrogen is a steroid hormone derived from cholesterol. It's associated with growth and fertility and femininity. Became really popular with the with the book, uh, uh, the publishing of the book Feminine Forever. Uh, but estrogen has a dark side, particularly uh, estrogen that's not cleared out of the body effectively, especially estrogen that's only cleared out of the body or cleared out of the blood partially when there's something going on with the liver. It's anti-libido. It increases fat deposition. It's associated with, with um, thyroid, uh, with uh, hypothyroidism, with depression, mood issues, loss of zinc, blood clotting, melasma. These, the real problem is in these toxic estrogens, which are called catechol estrogens. There's three main estrogens that you'll see. And when, when you're getting a prescription for estrogen, you'll get them as biased, which is two of these three estrogens, or triest, which is all three of these estrogens. These are the three main estrogens, but in the body circulating, there's lots of different estrogens, particularly these metabolite of, my, metabolites of estrogens. It's the balance of the three estrogens that's really important. Estrogens always made in fat cells, um, xenoestrogens, as well as deficiencies in estrogen can be associated with problems with blood sugar and diabetes, as well as kidney disease. Uh, phytoestrogens can have a protective effect against estrogen, but some people believe that phytoestrogens may actually cause estrogen dominance issues. And I should tell you, I forgot to mention this, estrogen dominance is a syndrome that's associated with too much estrogen relative to progesterone. And the more body fat you're carrying, the more likely you're gonna to be to suffer from estrogen dominance, which, is, which was associated, as I said, with all of these down, these untoward effects that are linked to estrogen. Xenoestrogens and hormone replacement therapy, estrogens and birth control estrogens, as well as estrogens that are, uh, that are, are, uh, are estrogenic effects from preservatives and from sunscreens. Um, estrogen is also found in the water supply. So if you're drinking toxic water, all of these can be sources of problematic estrogens that can lead to estrogen issues. Estrogen is also a problem for men. Prostate issues can be associated with, uh, with excess estrogen in men, gynecomastia, which is breast development, um, loss of libido. I call the Santa Claus effect where men lose their testosterone edge, loss of muscle, depression, and uh, stroke issues, uh, heart issues, inflammation. All of these can be linked to excess estrogen in men. Clearing, uh, supporting estrogen clearance is extremely important. You can support estrogen clearance by supporting liver health because liver is detoxified in the estrogen using in the liver, using uh, liver, liver supporting nutrients as well as calcium D-glutarate. 
Progesterone is a great way to balance out estrogen. As I say, progesterone is non-toxic, while estrogen can be toxic. You can also use aromatase inhibitors that are found in foods like flax and saw palmetto and chili peppers and citrus peels. Estrogen is an, a pro-immune uh, hormone. So immune activation, especially in autoimmune issues and especially in, uh, in uh, inflammatory issues, fibromyalgia being the classic case of inflammatory issues that are associated with excess estrogen can be problematic. So you want to use all these liver detox and estrogen clearance strategies. And then estrogen is eliminated out of the body through the bowels. So taking care of bowel health, making sure you're regular is very important, but because estrogen is a, um, estrogen will suppress digestive function. Estrogen acts like a stress hormone and has a antithyroid and uh, intestinal motility suppressing effect. You end up with this vicious spiral, vicious downward spiral, and you can break the spiral by supporting bowel movements with fiber, magnesium, and vitamin C, as well as probiotics. And speaking of probiotics, probiotics support the estrobolome, which is the complex of bacteria that live in the intestine that detoxify estrogen. Using nutritional supplements can support estrogen. The most important are going to be the essential fatty acids, also magnesium, the selenium, anything you can do to help build glutathione using whey protein or the fit shake protein, which contains glutathione builders, uh, as well as taking the amino acids individually, glutamine, uh, cysteine, and glycine. All of those are found in the pig pack, as well as the uh, fit shake. And then um, the B vitamins for methylation, as well as for helping support liver health particularly B9, which is folic acid, B12, B6, and choline. And then the amino acid methionine also has methylating properties. Can't hear you. Did anybody learn anything? <laughs> I always learn a lot pharmacist been from you. I have awesome. been for the last seven years and I love it. So we do have a question in regards to the essential fatty acids. Yes. So Jackie says, what if you can't take essential fatty acids? And she says that when she does take them, she's getting bloating, swelling, having digestive issues. She's tried um, adding enzymes to them. And my question to Jackie is, do you have your gallbladder still? And she does still have her gallbladder. That's a, that's a sign that it might be a liver issue. Here's the thing about essential fatty acids and essential nutrients in general. Sometimes we'll hear people say, I can't take vitamin C, or I can't take the B complex, or I can't take essential fatty acids. That's not biochemically feasible because the word essential means that you need it. So that's saying I can't take vitamin C or I can't take essential fatty acids or I can't take the B complex, which you do here, people say that, is like saying I can't take air. I, every, time I every time I breathe air, I have diarrhea. I can't ever have air again. That's how you wanna think of it when you hear somebody say, I can't take something essential because the word essential means it's like air. So to not be able to take essential fatty acids is you might as well say I can't take any air. So that's not possible. However, if you are taking essential fatty acids and you're experiencing digestive problems, that means you're not absorbing or you're not, you, somehow you're not assimilating those essential fatty acids into your system. You're not getting the benefits of those. Fats are handled by the intestine. Fats are, are handled by the gallbladder and fats are handled by the liver. So if you have issues with any fats, those are the three parts of the body that you want to focus on. It's not like you, 
you, you want to avoid essential fatty acids any more than you want to avoid air. So when you hear the word essential as an essential fatty acids or an essential nutrients or an essential vitamins, think air. And if you say you can't take an essential nutrient, it's like saying, I can't take air, which obviously is, is not, not feasible. So if you take, try the essential fatty acids and you've tried them with enzymes that didn't help, there's other things that you could do. You could take your essential fatty acids with fatty foods. Now, is this gal on the call? She is, yes. Okay, so can, do you have any problems with salmon or with avocados or with eggs? or with dairy, or other kinds of fatty foods? Is it just essential fatty acids? She's shaking her head. No, she doesn't have problems with that, Jackie. I can't. Eggs, salmon, um, and some of those. Yeah, you're having, I, I'm sorry, what, I didn't hear that, Rebecca. Ma'am, I, I, who am I speaking to here? So, Jackie. Jackie? Did, I didn't hear what you said, Jackie. Did you say you have a problem with salmon and eggs? No, I do not. Okay, you don't have a problem with any fatty foods, but just essential fatty acids. Yes. I don't really see a mechanism there. If you're having a problem with essential fatty acids, you should have a problem with fats. There's nothing in, in fact, essential fatty acids are just fat. They're, when you take an essential fatty acid supplement, what you're taking is, is a very small amount of oil. And that oil contains essential fatty acids. So in an essential fatty acid capsule, say our ultimate EFAs or ultimate EFA plus, if you broke it open, you get maybe a half a teaspoon of oil, right? So if you're saying you can eat oil, but you can't eat essential fatty acids, there's, there's a disconnect there. I don't quite understand that. You know what I'm saying? The essential fatty acids are not some magical thing. They're just a little bit of oil that contains right. essential fatty acids. You understand? So can you eat, can you, uh, do you have a problem when you do a teaspoon of oil or half a teaspoon of oil? Would you have a problem? Uh, somewhat. I can do butter. But vegetable oil you can't do? Not really very well. So that's your, your, the way you're describing it, there's some kind of issue going on with either your gallbladder or your liver. Do you, do you feel bloated or nauseous? I get bloated um, and I've had my liver and gallbladder. There's nothing wrong with them. Well, no, there's clearly something wrong with them. What do you mean there's nothing wrong with them? You know what? I mean, if there's smoke, there's fire. You can't say, "Oh, I have smoke in here," but there's no fire. There's no smoke. You can't smoke without fire. So if you have a problem with bloating after you eat fat, you got a problem with either your gallbladder, or your liver, possibly the intestine, but it's usually the gallbladder or the liver. So here's the thing: Does it happen when you take one essential fatty acid or one capsule? I should say. It's been a little while because I've tried so many of them. Try one capsule and see if that makes a difference or, or that causes a problem. One yeah. capsule has a very small amount of oil in it. it. I can't eat, it's not, I don't really even see a possible way that a tiny little bit of oil can cause a problem unless you have a pretty severe gallbladder or liver issue. Do you have- I have issues. Yeah, all of that's telling me you got a gallbladder and liver issue, ma'am. And I find it very, I've, the liver and the gallbladder are part of the digestive system. So if you have digestive issues, you know, you probably have a gallbladder or liver issue. Now, it's also hard to hard for me to see how you can't have a problem with salmon or avocados or eggs or dairy because those are all fatty foods. So I don't do any dairy or gluten. No, forget gluten. That's not part of the equation. I don't, yeah. So that's not part of the equation. It's the fatty foods. Do you have any issues with fatty foods? For you to say that you have a problem with essential fatty acids, but not a problem with fatty foods, 
doesn't make sense because that's what an essential fatty acid is. Well, I, I limit the fatty foods. I mean, I the eggs don't seem to bother me. Salmon, I do not a whole lot. Um, what happens if you do a lot of salmon? I just start my digestion is. Well, yeah. hello. <laughs> that's you're talking about you're talking about uh, fat malabsorption. So yeah. That's what you're talking about is a fat malabsorption issue. Okay. So how do you deal with fat malabsorption? It's not uncommon, by the way. Fat malabsorption involves the pancreas, which it creates enzymes for helping you absorb and, and uh, sodium bicarbonate, which help you absorb fat. So you may have a pancreatic issue. It also involves the liver and the gallbladder. So you may have a liver and gallbladder issue and it involves the intestine. Those are the main organs of fat metabolism. And that's where you want to focus. So for the pancreas, you can do pancreatic enzymes. You can also do um, a small amount of sodium bicarbonate, baking soda. Have you heard yeah. of it? Oh, have yeah. You, have you done this? A small amount of baking soda in a glass of water, like a quarter teaspoon in a glass of water, like a few hours no. after you eat. Try it a few hours after you eat meals. Try it a quarter teaspoon of baking soda. It has to be a couple hours after meals. You don't want to do it right after meals because you need acid, and the bicarb will neutralize the acid. So a couple hours after meals, small amount of baking soda in water in water along with pancreatic enzymes. Also bile is your main fat processing liquid. If you have any issues with the liver or gallbladder, you're gonna have bile issues. So you wanna make sure that you're processing bile. Did this problem, did you have this problem your whole life or did it happen as you got older? Um, I've had it for quite a, well, quite a few years. Okay, um, did you have it as a kid or was it after? I don't know because when I was little, um, the foods that we ate were not the same as okay. now. We had a lot of breads. and The reason I ask this because is because as women get older and their estrogen levels change, they often have problems with the gallbladder. There's a relationship between problems with estrogen and problems with the gallbladder. And this occurs especially as you get older, as your estrogen levels drop. So you may have a gallbladder issue, and that's what I'd be focusing on. Everything you're saying here really tells me that there's either a pancreatic or gallbladder issue, maybe a liver issue too. So bile salts, which can help your body support bile. Lecithin, you know what that is? Lecithin granules. Yes. Yes. Use that after meals. Try all those strategies. And of course, the ultimate enzymes are a great source of bile as well as lecithin, uh, lecithin components. So the ultimate enzymes can be helpful too. And I'd be taking those. Try your, uh, try to take one, Ultimate EFA capsule with a fatty meal. If you eggs are good, if you can do, deal with eggs, that's good. Yeah. And then uh, digestive enzymes, the ultimate enzymes, and see. Yeah, that. Yeah. Also, if you precede your meals, your fatty meals, with apple cider vinegar, yeah, I know about that. That will support fat digestion. As if your food is acidic, when it drops into the intestine, it will trigger bile release and trigger bicarb release and enzyme release from the pancreas. If the food is not acidic, that won't happen. So you wanna make sure that you're acidifying the contents of the stomach in order to trigger the bile and to trigger the pancreatic juices. A lot of us aren't making enough stomach acid and when that happens, the food is not acidic or the the time it's called, the processed food is not acidic. You don't get the hit of bile you don't get the hit of pancreatic enzymes. So using a little apple cider vinegar with your meals and then a couple hours after your meals, doing a little bicarb 
and then using digestive enzymes with your meals and try just one ultimate EFA and see if it has to do with the concentration of fats. That's another indicator that you're dealing with a gallbladder liver issue. If you can take a certain amount of fats, but not a lot of them. In other words, you might be compromised. Might, might, they may still be good. Like you say, they may be still functioning okay, but they may be compromised to the point where you can't handle enough of them. So do smaller amounts to see if that helps. Okay. Okay, Jackie, thank you. All right, thank and you, you need those essential fatty acids. Do not, not, don't stay away from oh, them. Oh, no, that's good. It's kind of bothering really, me. Yeah. Okay. So I absolutely love that, Ben, where you say you can't have an essential nutrient is like saying you can't breathe air. You can't, can't breathe, breathe air. Oxygen. Yes. Essential means it's like air. There are yeah. things in life that are essential. Air is one of them. And the mighty 90 essential nutrients. That's what the word essential means. Sometimes people will say, oh, essential means your body can't make it. And that's true. But that doesn't really tell you the importance of them. Essential means air. Air is essential to live, water is essential to live, and the mighty 90 essential nutrients are essential. Well, and it doesn't take much. I mean, this is this is the yeah. ultimate EFA plus. This is the largest one that Longevity offers. And I mean, I take two of these with every meal. And if you can't swallow, folks, some people think I'm strange. Sure. You can actually chew it. Plus you get all that, that the capsule will help build connective tissue too on top of everything else. And essential fatty acids are also very uh, youth promoting in the sense that they're important for the production of proteins, especially essential fatty, especially connective tissue. Yeah, and it's, it's really, it's not a super strong fishy flavor. And if you eat fish, it's not a problem at all. So yeah, just one easy way to do it. Uh, EFA gum. So Heather, one of our co-hosts put in there, EFA gum, that's right. Chew it up, chew it up. So we do have a couple of questions, pharmacist Ben and Bruce. Go ahead and unmute yourself. Hey, Bruce. How can we help you today, Bruce? Uh, yeah, you know, my uh, uh, question is, it doesn't really have nothing to do with what you were talking today. I don't think so anyway, but, you know, my mom, you know, she had food poisoning. And she couldn't keep anything down, so I was, you know, using uh, activated charcoal. Great. And, and that seemed to help. That and, does help. That's yeah, a it, We call that in pharmacy, we call it the universal antidote. It's good for okay. everything. Activate charcoal. Yeah. It, it, you don't want to take activate charcoal too close to your supplements, or if you're on medication, you don't want to take it too close to medication because it'll clear both of those out. But if you're not taking it too close to nutrition, to your supplements, and you're not on meds, or taking it too close to your meds, charcoal is a great supplement to take daily just to oh, clear okay. it out. It's a great detoxification supplement. It's non-toxic. And the only problem is it will tie up um, nutrients and drugs. So you want, don't want to take it too close to the, your nutrition or to your medication if you're on medication. But uh, it is, it's a great detoxifier for everything. Okay. And then uh, after, you know, that helped her, but then she had the runs, you know, she had diarrhea and then probably threw off her bacterial balance, get her on probiotics. Oh, probiotics. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah food, poisoning, food poisoning can wreak havoc on the good bacteria. So you want to make sure that you're replacing the good bacteria. Another great strategy for food poisoning, if anybody, and by the way, uh, I don't know if anybody's ever had food poisoning. I don't know if you've ever had it, Bruce, but it is God awful. I've yeah. had it twice in my life and it's, it's awful, miserable. And both times I had food poisoning, I 
got a colonic. You know what a colonic is when they pump water up your up yeah. your behind, up your butt, and they clean out your intestine. And the colonics are amazing for dealing with with uh, food poisoning. And colonics are great anyway. Uh, but after you have a colonic, you want to make sure that you're replacing the bacteria. And likewise, after you have food poisoning, you want to make sure that you're using probiotics, the ultimate, uh, the nightly essence and uh, fermented foods are good sources of probiotics after you have your bout with food poisoning or after you have a colonic or after you use activate charcoal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause right now, you know, she's pretty good right now and, but she still feels really uh, lethargic, you know, and yeah, she's probably malnourished. If she's had diarrhea, she's probably lost a lot of nutrition. Yeah. So so pounding the mighty 90 essential nutrients, the beyond tangy tangerine, all the nutrition, because if she has had diarrhea for you know, any length of time, she's going to, she will have lost a lot of her water soluble nutrients and electrolytes. Yes. I think she was, uh, you know, throwing up more than she had the diarrhea, you know. Yeah, same. Throwing up, you lose a lot of the same yeah. field, you lose a lot of electrolytes. Okay. All right. Thank, yeah. you. Thank, thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Bruce, for coming on. And next we have Kathy. Kathy, go ahead and unmute yourself. Can you hear us, Kathy? Yes, hi. Hi, okay. I'm taking um, estradiol and norethindrone tablets for HRT. And after listening to what you said today- You should I'm be very careful. Pardon? Very, very careful. Let me explain to you. And you, you must live in a small town, correct? I live in Philadelphia. Why do you ask? Oh my goodness. That's, <laughs> that's not a small town. The reason I say you live in a small town because that's a very ignorant prescription, prescription strategy. Oh, really? Very ignorant. I'll tell you why that's ignorant. Number one, estradiol is the most potent of the estrogens. Right. And while your doctor, whoever prescribed the, the, that blend to you, was smart enough to know you got to balance progesterone with estrogen. Remember I said, you always want right. to balance your estrogen with progesterone. He's yeah. giving one of the most toxic forms of progesterone a human being can get, which is wow. mm-hmm. So why would he not give you natural progesterone? The reason I thought it was a small town is because that's just such an ignorant combination. Wow. Well, I was taking Prempro. Well, that's not. That's and then not yeah, that's not that became so expensive that she prescribed this instead. So Here's you're not. Why yeah. don't you talk to your doctor? Okay. I don't want norethindrone. I want real progesterone. Okay. I don't want estradiol. I want triest, which is all three of the estrogens. Okay. Follow. Is this an older doctor? No, not really. Well, and that's that's a very ignorant combination. Estradiol okay. is, like I said, the most potent of the estrogens. You always want to balance out those estrogens. You don't want to just take estradiol. And then norethindrone is a synthetic toxic form of progesterone, which is a natural non-toxic hormone. Why would you right. take norethindrone when you could take progesterone? Got it. Okay. And so I'm, my other question- and Also less than Kathy. Kathy, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you. You yeah. may be able to reduce your dose of estrogen, which is always a good idea, by- using essential fatty acids, the ultimate EFAs, right. and also by increasing your natural <clears throat> progesterone. Progesterone, interestingly, not only balances out estrogen, but it also makes the body more sensitive to estrogen. So <laughs> sometimes progesterone alone will give you the estrogen effects that you're looking for. And certainly using progesterone can help you lower your dose of estrogen. And it will also allow you to, uh, or also if you use EFAs, that will allow you to lower your dose of estrogen. Okay. And then 
Related to that, you mentioned that um, that it affects hypothyroidism. And yes. I am so laser focused on curing this if it's possible. Curing what? Hypothyroidism? Yeah, is it possible? Of course, it's, it's not only possible. Taking levothyroxine like the rest yeah, of the world. Hypothyroidism is not a disease. It's a biochemical response. Okay. Did you say Hashimoto's? Did I hear you say Hashimoto's? Yeah, well, I didn't say it, but that's true. Okay. Well, Hashimoto's is the most common form of hypothyroidism, but hypothyroidism is a response to something that's disturbed in the biochemistry of your body. Right. So the most important thing to do for hypothyroidism is work on digestive health. Right, I'm doing that. Right. That's the most important thing. If you have any digestive symptoms, you want to work on those. The digestive, right. the thyroid regulates, the thyroid regulates the digestive system or the intestine or the digestive system in general, and the intestine activates thyroid hormone. So you get this downward spiral where the intestine, if you have a messed up intestine, that weakens the thyroid, the effects of thyroid hormone, which then weakens the thyroid, which then further weakens the intestinal benefits for thyroid hormone, which then further weakens the thyroid. And this goes on and on and on. So the way you handle it is by supporting intestinal health, first and foremost. Right. And estrogen, elevated estrogen will eventually have a suppressant effect on the thyroid. Progesterone right. will help you balance that out. So using progesterone can help you with your thyroid as well as using the ultimate EFAs. So if you have a thyroid issue, focus on digestive health first right. and then reduce stress hormone. Uh, reducing est estrogen acts like stress hormones. So strengthening and, and, and potentizing and reducing estrogen and cortisol, stress hormone are beneficial for the thyroid in addition to working on intestinal health and then also stabilizing your blood sugar can help too. So the thyroid is responsive to the digestive system and the blood sugar system and the estrogen system. Working on those three areas can support the thyroid. The thyroid so, is, you can't ever work on the thyroid directly. Nobody right. can work on the understand. thyroid directly. Understand. Even and the only thing they can give you is thyroid hormone. Right. You can't work on the gland. Right. There's, no, there's no strategy in the medical model for working on the thyroid gland. I want everybody to hear that. I you hear can't it. Work on the thyroid gland with medicine because the thyroid gland is responding to biochemistry. So if you have a dysfunctional thyroid, it's a response to dysfunctional biochemistry. You cannot correct the thyroid. Period. End of story. You cannot correct a gland uh, a glandular response because the gland is responding to biochemistry it's doing what it's supposed to do so what they do for thyroid is they give you thyroid hormone that doesn't really help the gland that might right. help you get some thyroid benefits but or some thyroid hormone benefits but it's not gonna help the gland the only way you can work on the thyroid gland is by working on estrogen cortisol the digestive system and uh, the blood sugar system well how would you know if you didn't need to take uh, thyroid medicine anymore well if you know? if you stop taking your thyroid medicine right and don't even call it thyroid medicine just call it thyroid hormone there's no thyroid okay. medicine. okay thyroid hormone so you mean synthroid or cytomel or levothyroxine or something and by the way every year in the top 10 drugs you'll see thyroid medicine right. or thyroid, uh, thyroid hormone right every year you'll see because everybody has this yes. it's one of the most common health challenges there is and right. once you have your hypothyroid, that's when you run into heart disease. That's when you run into elevated cholesterol. That's when you run into immune problems and inflammatory issues. That's when you run into everything else because the thyroid controls everything. Yes. So th the thyroid is the linchpin that controls all the, other, uh, all, all the other chronic disease states. 
Right. That's hypothyroidism. So uh, to work on the thyroid, what do you do? Or to answer your question, what do, uh, how do you know if you still need your thyroid hormone? Stop taking your thyroid hormone and see what happens. If you notice that your skin gets dry, if you start to gain weight, if your hair starts to fall out, if your fingernails crack, these are all symptoms of a poorly functioning thyroid, you'll know that you need to do some thyroid, some work on your thyroid. And again, intestine, cortisol, estrogen, and blood sugar are how you work on the thyroid. Okay, so would stopping the HRT help the thyroid? You know, I don't know what else you have going on, but I can tell you that you, there's better ways to, to replace your hormones than estradiol and norethindrone. Right. I would be with me, and you have to work with your doctor. I don't, I don't know your exact case, so I can't tell you specifically what to do with your drugs. But if it was me, I would try just progesterone. Okay. By itself, progesterone, natural progesterone, and transdermal progesterone through the skin is the best way to get your progesterone. By the way, through the skin is the best way to get all your hormones. Because when you put estrogen or uh, progesterone on your skin, it gets released into your body slowly. When you take estrogen orally or, or a synthetic progesterone orally, your blood levels go up and then they go down. Okay. This gives, through the skin gives you a nice, slow, sustained release. And that's always pre preferable with any drug, but especially with hormones, than a big spike and then a drop. Will you be, um, will this, will this uh, webinar be available after? Yes, yes absolutely. Yeah. To criticalhealthnews.com. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sure. Thank you, Kathy. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, let's go right over to Jane. Jane, go ahead and unmute yourself. Here I am. Um, I, you've, I'm finally, uh, after six months of physical therapy, I've been bent over and uh, I have like an hour of exercises just to begin to straighten up. But what, what's happened, if you can see my forehead, um, and I'm breaking out here, and I'm assuming this is vitamin C. I don't know if you can see this. I can't really see, but can you tell but me? It's all the red spots I can't really on my see arms, that. and I'm taking 10, 10, was it 10, 10 grams of, of vitamin C? 10 um, grams? Whatever. Well, 10 grams. I'm taking a, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm taking a thousand. Yeah, yeah. I am. Yeah, I think it's 10 grams. How are you taking it? As a powder? As a powder. And you're taking two teaspoons? I'm taking a half teaspoon. I should get the thing. A half teaspoon, four half teaspoons. So that's, that's, about, that's about 10 grams. You're right. I am right. So the point of it is, and then I ended up with my whole top of my mouth got sometimes high doses yeah sometimes it, high doses, sometimes sometimes high doses of vitamin c can be a little acidic you might want to see what happens if you cut the dose back down see what happens but the signs you're talking about like gum issues and mouth issues and sores and and red spots those are generic symptoms that could be due to a lot of things okay. it's hard to say what those are due to but it could be that you're you're running you're too acidic with that much vitamin C. You might want to either use a different form of vitamin C, like a light. You said you said fat soluble. I picked up the other day. What is that? It's called ascorbyl palmitate, and it doesn't have the same it doesn't have the same uh, acidity that ascorbic acid has. 
And that mm-hmm. might be something you might want to try. Also, there's something called ester C. Have you heard of that one? Those are those are minerals with vitamin C, and sometimes that helps if you're if you're running into a problem with too much acid. And I think that I'm recalling year when I was much younger, I had like pot marks behind my arms, and I took huge amounts of vitamin A. And that and I assume, and I've forgotten about that. And I think yes. it was a huge vitamin A deficiency. It could very well be, especially if you're not absorbing fats. Vitamin A deficiency will show up as weird skin problems. Sometimes people get chicken skin. It's called keratosis pylorus chicken skin, KP, they'll call it, when they have vitamin A deficiency. Uh, Pre-skin cancer can be caused by vitamin A deficiency. Acne can be caused by vitamin A deficiency, psoriasis. So vitamin A plays a very important role in skin health, and deficiencies can definitely cause skin problems. And again, you talked about retinol. I'm just taking, I I got... From, from New York, the regular vitamin C, I have 1,500 in addition to what I'm taking from longevity, in addition to the... Ten, the, four, the 10 grams? Well, in a, yeah, all the 10 grams is on top of the mighty, tiny and all the rest of it. You may, you may be getting a lot. You may be, your body may be running too acidic. I don't know. I can't, those are generic symptoms. It's hard to say what it's related to, but I would lower the dose to see what happens. Okay, and how about the retinol? Would you increase orally or topically? I assumed orally. Well, retinol is vitamin A. Right. Yeah, a good place to be is between ten thousand and twenty thousand IU a day. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. We'll see, because I would like to clear my skin. That's obvious. Send me an email. Stay in touch with me. I'll I'll work with you. I can't really see. Exactly. Yes, I would can. appreciate that. Yes, yes, send me an email. I'll work with you. Thank you. Okay, and send pictures, close-ups, so I can see. Okay. Okay, good. Thanks, okay. Kat. Thank you, Jane. Thank you. All right. Let's do uh, one more hand here. We have Ben. Ben, go ahead and unmute. Well, ben, hi there, Pharmacist Ben. Hey, Ben. Hey, nice to talk to you. Um, Becca said in the beginning, you should thank someone who brought me here. And I'd like to thank my dad. Um, he's he's an avid listener. Okay. He's been a follower for several months. And I know he's taken some of your strategies and it's really turned his life around. He just He's just extremely happy and very thankful. And I am too. I mean, I've been listening to you for a few months now and I've taken a lot of your tips and implemented them in my life. So it's just, I want to say... I want to say thank you, big thank you to you and, and Doc Wallach and Becca for putting on these shows. And I mean, this is, it's available to everybody at no cost. I mean, this is just outstanding. Thank you, Ben. Um, so I wanted to preface with that, but my question is, um, I'm currently on an SSRI. I'm going to be tapering off very soon to the point of like not taking it anymore. I was curious if I'm interested in starting the Beyond Tangy Tangerine as a supplement, is there a certain time period I have to wait in between? So not taking them at the same time? No, it'll help your SSRI work. Your SSRI will work better. It will help you wean off the SSRI. When you wean off the SSRI, you make it jittery. Sometimes people get a little shaky after they wean off the SSRI. The Beyond Tangy Tangerine will stabilize things. And then make sure that you're doing things to stabilize your par- your sympathetic nervous system, slow deep breathing, warm water, exercise, all sunshine, all of those things could be helpful as you're weaning yourself off. And then one of the really easy ways to build up your serotonin naturally is to eat potatoes. 
and carbs, complex carbs, not sugary carbs, but complex carbs. There's a really cool book you might want to check out called Potatoes, Not Prozac. It talks all about that. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, All thank right. you very much. Appreciate thank it. You. Good to talk to you. Good to oh, talk to you as well. Tryptophan. tryptophan, you may know this already. Tryptophan is a precursor to serotonin. So making sure you're getting enough tryptophan, even a supplement called 5-HTP. And I think we have some, we have some products with 5-HTP in, in it. The Sleepies has 5-HTP, I think. So that's a good precursor to serotonin that will help you make your own serotonin. Okay, thanks again. Might as well throw that in. Be complex. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right, thank you, Ben. Thank awesome, you. so awesome. Well, I think we've gotten to all the hands that we have, and I know there were, I've got dozens and dozens of questions, but we're only, we're 15 minutes over already. Do you wanna? If, um, you know, we can save for next time or you can send me an email. Yeah, so those of you who have submitted questions into us through, dailywithdoc.com that's where you can submit questions or do a reply to your invitation if you've already signed up for our newsletter you can do a reply to that invitation with your questions and we will be getting back to you one of our certified holistic health coaches will be responding to your email if it's something that's complex we always consult with pharmacist Ben Fuchs or Dr. Joel Wallach to make sure that we are sharing the most appropriate information with you. So Ben, it's been an incredible, incredible talk today. Estrogen, the importance of essential vitamins and how if we can't take them, it's like saying we can't have air. We've got to work on the liver and the gallbladder, get that digestive system working properly. Just so much information that is empowering and for many, maybe the first time they've ever heard it, especially coming with the, the whole estrogen thing. So I, I had a lot of things going through my mind as we were going through, because with myself, all four of my pregnancies, I went into labor at five months and I was on progesterone shots. And now I know why. So thank you. Of course, it's like 32 years later for the first one, but <laughs> hey, it's never too late to start learning, folks. And that's why we bring these resources to you through the Q&A with pharmacist Ben Fuchs. You can find the replays on our Rumble channel. Make sure that you're following Critical Health News. Also on YouTube, Critical Health News, and on Facebook, Critical Health. Make sure that you are following us on those platforms. We are reaching out and getting even farther out into the different platforms because our message needs to be heard. And the best way to hear the message is from people like you sharing it with people that you care about. Now, pharmacist Ben, you were talking with Kathy and I know you love talking with doctors yes. and other pharmacists. So folks, if you're a doctor, you're a pharmacist, or you have a doctor or pharmacist that is willing to talk to pharmacist Ben, 
go to the dailywithdoc.com, use that contact us. I will make sure that we get you in contact with pharmacist Ben. And let's educate the medical professional establishment. They don't get a whole lot of nutrition in their programs. And that's where we can help fill that gap and give extra information. Did you want to say, say something about that, pharmacist Ben? No, uh, about what? Just and, helping and, to educate. Oh, I loved I love talking to healthcare professionals. You know, it's hard, it's a lot harder to talk to non-healthcare professionals because some of this stuff is really complicated. But with healthcare professionals, it's much easier. And there's nothing we say or the doc says that you can't deny. This is just flat biochemistry. So it's it's actually a lot easier to talk to healthcare professionals for a healthcare professional to talk to a healthcare professional because you can get into the nitty-gritty. It's harder to kind of position some of these concepts in a layperson way. That that's really kind of a tricky, that's an art form, really, to try to make these complex ideas simple. But with a physician or a healthcare professional, pharmacist or nurse, it's easier to 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 uh, talk to them about these kinds of ideas because they're already predisposed to understanding the biochemistry. And can you give us a, a layman's definition of biochemistry for those who may not it's know? The chemistry of biology. It's the chemistry of the body. There's different kinds of chemistry. There's the chemistry of rocks. There's the chemistry of plants. There's the chemistry of the cosmos. There's the chemistry of, uh, of insects. There's the chemistry of animals. And there's the chemistry of biology. Uh, biochemistry is the chemistry of biology. And really, you know, to me, it is so um, tragic that we don't appreciate the complexity and the uh, integration and the choreography and the regulation of the zillions, the countless, the infinite amount of biochemical reactions that are happening every second in our body. There is so much going on. The beautiful thing is we don't have to really understand it. It's beautiful to understand it. I became very spiritual and very religious when I took Biochem 101 the first day. So it's really a beautiful thing to try to understand it, but you don't need to. You just need to put the good things in and keep the bad things out. That's really what it's all about. Our biochemistry has four and a half, has three, uh, has four billion years or three and a half billion years to uh, have perfected itself. The biochemistry of a cell has been around for three and a half billion years. That's an incomprehensible amount of time. And in that three and a half billion years, it has evolved to, under, to be able to handle everything, to be able to handle stresses, to be able to heal itself, to be able to process food, to be able to, uh, to respond to its environment. We don't have to do anything. You don't have to think about it. All you got to do is put the good stuff in, the mighty 90 essential nutrients, water, oxygen, keep the bad stuff out, which is, you know, unfortunately, the world we live today a little bit harder than it should be. And that's it. As well as think correctly, have healthy emotions, be connected spiritually. That's what we want to focus on. The biochemistry of it is fun. I find it fun, enjoyable. It's not that hard to understand, although it is kind of uh, complicated. There's a lot of different things going on, but the basics aren't that hard to understand. And then uh, it's as much enjoyable as it is, you don't even have to do it. Put the mighty 90 essential nutrients. Make sure you're drinking uh, copious amounts of water, generous amounts of water. Make sure you're breathing. Connect to God, whatever that is for you. Connect to divinity, spirituality, whatever that is for you. Think correct thoughts, feel correct feelings, and that's it. Everything else is Thanks. not all bad. Thank you, Rebecca. All right. Thank you so much, Thanks, everybody. We'll I'm talk sorry. To you next one. Bye.
Yes, next month. So everybody, we do this program once a month, every month. If you want to get a reminder or an invitation to the program, go to dailywithdoc.com. Now, this is for anybody and everybody, whether you're in longevity or already associated with an associate, that newsletter that we put out, those invitations, they are just sending you information for resources that are available to you. If you were invited by somebody specific, make sure that you get back with that person. If there's nobody to thank, feel free to use dailywithdoc.com. And we have the store, we have the replay, we have a contact us that you can get in touch again with a certified holistic health coach who can help you find what is going to be a best fit for you. Now, if you're listening and you would like to get more information about being a certified holistic health coach, this is for anybody and everybody. You do not have to be within longevity to become a certified holistic health coach or even go through our coaching program. Get back with your longevity associate and ask them about the health coach certification course through the Institute of Holistic Health. If your associate doesn't know anything about it, you can go to coachwithbecca.com and get more information as well. So on behalf of myself, and if I can get my co-hosts up here as well, Ruth Ellen Sanchez, Heather Bowen, Dr. Judy Reynolds, I just want to thank them because this is a team effort. It takes all of us working together to put programs like this and make them successful. So Ruth Ellen is like my right-hand woman in this and making sure that we get the live stream going, make sure that the chat is all in place. It's, uh, she's a godsend. So folks, if you don't have people that you are surrounding yourself with that you can say that about, let's find you some new friends. Because I love my new friends. Well, it's been many years now, but I call them my family, my chosen family. So surround yourself with people that lift you up, that give you that sense of worth, giving you purpose, helping you feel like you belong. Because in a world that with so many different things going on around us, we can choose how we want to feel and what we're going to allow affect us. So just surround yourself with those things that make you feel good, make you feel loved and appreciated. And you are appreciated, everybody. Thank you so much for investing time into yourself. Don't forget to share this with somebody that you feel could also benefit from the information that is being shared. Until next time, my name is Becca Dukes. And I just want to say thank you. Bye for now. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us.